And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torrezani. The water. I'm just like very aware of, you know, I started my radio show today. We were recording and I just like opened my mouth and it made that like huge like mouth sound like. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But you know what's really funny about that is that's that's like, um, oh God, what is it called? ASMR? Oh yeah, I know. You know what it I mean? It's like gross. And, and people are going to be like, oh my God, Cheryl I Lazar. think it just sounds like um someone that like chews really bad. Like I, I. Recently, I had a fruit roll up and I was chewing I it. I love fruit And I really tried to chew with my mouth closed, but you know, it was hard because it's right. chewy. And you're like, Whoa. and someone's like, I can't stand the way you're chewing that. No. Like it makes, like, it's like, I think there's the sexy ASMR and then there's just like the annoying, like, uh, uh, Beverly Hills girl chewing her gum type well, vibe. Yes. And I totally understand. Are you the kind of person that, this is so fun that I'm talking about this because I, mean, this I have- I have this weird thing where I can hear when people rub their fingers together. Oh. And not nail on nail. It's like a finger on finger thing. Oh. And it's this high pitched thing. And I've learned throughout my life to kind of like, not even like not not be bothered by it, yeah. but have to force myself not to be bothered by it. Totally. You know what I mean? It's I'm like not... a bit of a twitch that you notice. I yes. notice when people move their leg or foot a lot. Oh, I, where yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, because have you ever been jumpy. in a movie theater and someone is doing that next to you in a movie oh, theater? I, I had to say to someone one time, someone, it was very yeah. rude of me, but I just didn't care. I was like, excuse me, sir, can you please stop? like shaking it's distracting because it was shaking the entire seats oh. and i was like i am gonna throw up my popcorn was going all over the place no my way. drink yes it was so bad because it was one of those lay down seat things and so the whole thing like just completely kept moving was like it a this. scary movie though or something no it was like a drama and a i was drama. like i can't handle suspenseful. this i don't think he was suspenseful because he was on his phone as well so i was oh, like listen well, that so guy put has, this that, down he has some nervous <laughs> habits there some nerve yeah totally nervous his habits so i always notice it but yeah but, so asmr i i have learned a lot about through other friends they like kind of taught me about yeah. all of this but i have such a hard time i don't find it relaxing i think when people like take their nails and do like <laughs> like they, they, there's a video that i saw on tiktok last night where it's a girl with the longest nails i've ever seen in my life and she's like tapping <laughs> was on it everything. live i feel like it was live i think i saw Pro that probably i don't know it was TikTok, very, I it's don't kind understand. of like gets under my skin yes. it feels like nails on a chalkboard i agree yes i have a bit of that not too. relaxing i have a bit of that too too. totally my ex used to fall asleep to that every night what so literally i would maybe fall asleep before him and then turn around and i'd hear okay so what are you gonna do are you kidding me <laughs> and i'd be like Is i would be in the like room? are you talking to someone like listen psychopath <laughs> turn that off right <laughs> every now. night that was the only way he could fall asleep i don't know if he what? still does that well, well um, no, yeah, for real. I should ask. Actually, I want to. I know. Well, we message still. I want to almost ask him. Like, do you still listen to ASMR every night? Was talking about you on this yeah, podcast. I, I and was talking about how annoying <laughs> that the the reason why we broke up is because of your ASMR well, addiction. That, but and then like, watching, <laughs> you always need to fall asleep. All right, this is now talking about my ex. You need to fall asleep watching something. Now I'm dating someone. Not to compare. You should never compare that I tend that's to okay. do that. That's okay. But now I, uh, it's like the other extreme, which we tend to bounce yeah. extremes. Yeah. But now I, I'm dating someone who doesn't even have a TV in his bedroom. He what? didn't even have a TV when we started dating in his Is living room. Is he a room. psychopath? I mean, I there's the other side. <laughs> well, I, I, extremes of psychopaths right there. <laughs> 
I mean, he sounds very mature He's and very lovely. advanced <laughs> and like very sweet. And um, but I am someone that has to fall asleep to loud music. Oh, really? And not loud music. I'm sorry. Like I'm now, like now I'm insulting you. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Um, no, loud TV specifically oh, wow. sitcoms. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because I um I moved out on my own when I was like 18. I mean, mm, my mom lived yeah. down the street. So, I mean, still my best friend. Yeah, so, I it was it. like very codependent, very, you know, whatever. But, I mean, I was on my own. Yeah. You know, I lived on my own. And I was very fearful of living alone. Yep. And at night, when I had the TV on, it always felt like I had a friend there or totally. I had family. So, for me, the background noise just that that busyness i get that and it has to be loud busyness though when it's like like quiet like it's that's where weird. it's off for yeah me. you know that's interesting because when i did live alone in the past i definitely had that fear it wasn't just of being like alone like oh i'm lonely it was yeah no it's more the actual as a woman being, being alone, alone and like yeah you know, don't know what's gonna happen and so i do remember putting like a chair up against my door my bedroom that's door that's so smart it was like, but it's intense. And then you yeah, always like wake up the next morning, like nothing happened. Like, why do I have to be so yeah, crazy? Yeah, but like, what if that one that, time yes. that happened? But I would always like, I would tend to fall asleep more often than to something right. because I just needed that to fall yeah. asleep. Now I'm a bit better, but I am living with someone. But I do wonder if I do move back alone, if I would feel that way. Because there is something like anytime I hear anything, right. I'll be what? You're like, what is that? I know, I jump. It's like when you move into a new house and they have like new, like house creaky noises mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, it's definitely haunted. And I've lived in a lot of haunted places. You did? A lot of haunted Whoa, places. I want to hear about this. I lived <laughs> in this one building and it's so funny to me because speaking of like a full circle, like talking yeah. about how you and I met yeah. th through Britt Bronson, but also through this audio apps and all these fun things. I was talking to someone who lived in my um, actual apartment, not when I was there before uh -huh. me. And that was the famous comedian, uh, Dane Cook. So Dane no. and I lived in the same apartment. <sighs> And it's so wild. I mean, it is like 20 podcast episodes long. I will like, I'm and sure that, I told the that story That apartment before. was haunted? That apartment was originally John Belushi's. And he passed away at the Chateau Marmont. Uh -huh. But he was living there at the time. Whoa. Bette Midler lived there. Um, Dane Cook lived there for like 12 years. Some There were two other comedians that lived there. It was all comedians. Whoa. It was like super wild. And it was also the building that apparently JFK and Marilyn Monroe would have their, their rendezvous. No way. Yeah, so it was this like a long stay a hotel called the La Fontaine. Um, oh. It looks like the Harry Potter building. Is it on F Fountain? Yes. I know that, but that is infamous. There's a lot of young Hollywood people there also. Yes. Yeah. And when I was there, it was like super magical and I moved in. And long story short, I had, <laughs> this is so funny to me that we're saying this, but I, I, and I didn't tell Dane this, but we talked about this on, on one of the apps. Like we were talking uh -huh. and sharing the story to like a thousand people in a room, okay. like telling this, cause we both had the same haunted experiences. Whoa. Um, okay. But what I didn't tell <laughs> Dane intrigued. was at the time I had just gone through a very, 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 very terrible breakup in uh -huh. a very abusive relationship. And I was single for a bit and I was like, God, I just want a nice guy. And mm. I was driving home and I had seen a big billboard and it was for the Laugh Factory. 
And it was for Dane Cook special. And I was like, I want to date a guy just like Dane. And I had never found him attractive before. It was never like someone (laughs) that was like a crush. Sorry, sorry, Dane. But I just like, I was like, oh, I'm going to date him. Like, Uh it was so weird. So that night I went to sushi with with my best friend, Jenna. And we came home. And we were in sweats and no makeup and like, just like pajamas. You know, and I had just moved in this place. And knock, knock, knock on my door. And I'm like, who the fuck is at my door? Like, yeah. No one knows I live here, you know? And so we look and I look at the peephole and it was Dane Cook. And I was like. What manifestation? I was shook to the core, Shira. You have no idea. But then idea. what happened? Did you like, open the door? So I opened the door because he was with my next door neighbor who was his past next door neighbor. Uh-huh. And I had known that he had lived in the apartment before because my neighbor had told me this. And he was like, I heard someone moved in and I wanted to see what you did with the place. Oh. So then, <laughs> and I'd only been there for like a couple, maybe like a couple weeks, like maybe like two weeks, I yeah. would say. But I had already had haunted experiences. And I tell you, there was a, a part of the living room where I was like explaining to him that I had seen, because he asked me if I ever saw like spirits in there uh-huh. and stuff. And I had explained to him when he was in my house and I had pointed this area in my dining room and he was like, oh yeah, this happened here, that happened there, all this stuff. And he was sharing all of these stories that he wrote. He manifested, there, there was so much power in this building especially this, uh, this apartment was he manifested that he was going to be the first comedian to sell out Madison square garden. And he had written it down in this office, which I had used as my closet office as well. And I had done a lot of writing in there too. And it was just like this weird thing. Anyways, long story short, I ended up leaving after seven months. I had to break my lease because Why? it was so bad. It was so haunted. Um, what there were people though? like, Oh my God, the queen. Now I'm like, this is so interesting. You should just say the haunted podcast, the the haunted haunted episode. episode. It's so crazy. They're, um, they're basically, well, no, this is interesting. So I had a psychic that came in and like a medium that came in to like help out. And like, we were doing phone calls because the, the place just was such a dark energy and it was just ruining everything. And there I would see people all day long and I would hear things and lights would go crazy. And then the place got infested, infested, sorry, with cockroaches (gasps) and cockroaches would be everywhere. And my my dogs who you've met, my two little dogs, they're like barking nonstop at this they one like particular part of the wall. Whatever. Yeah, well, what happened was okay. they actually didn't want me out. There was a spirit. Now everyone is going to be like, no shit, she hosts a mental health podcast right now. Like she is <laughs> no. like, she is like fucking cuckoo bananas. But what happened was, um, t- just to wrap it up, yeah. <laughs> there was a man, a young gentleman who had been living in this dining room, I mean, in this office, which is where Dane had mm-hmm. written his special for the Madison Square Garden. And um, he had been trapped there. And... That's what this medium had told me. It's what I had felt. We would do these weird things where if you call your phone from 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 someone else's phone in another room yeah. and you leave your phone in that room, it picks up static energy because that's how spirits can communicate through electricity and through staticness. Okay. So there, I would ask questions and questions would be responded from to me. From your phone? From my phone in the other room to the, the room and we would leave it in there. And I have, so I mean, I have chills. I have so many witnesses that, that were here that heard it all, that saw it all. Um, and there was uh, my friend Toby and I were heading home and he was, he dropped me off in an Uber and I had called him and I said, can you please come pick me up? I'm really nervous. Like there's a giant man sitting outside of my house. And he was about 
six foot nine, maybe six foot ten. Uh-huh. And he stood up in front of my doorway and he said, um, there are vampires in there. They're trying to kill you. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. And then he started chasing my friend Toby and I. And we were like, what? And we waited and we didn't know where he went. And we called the cops and the cops never came. And it was like this kind of stuff would happen all the time. Was that you know? a spirit that said that to you? I don't think it was a spirit. I think that it was someone that was like just like living on the steps but had an maybe heard voices i don't know what it was but he was there and he saw it all go down so the the medium said you know it's up to you what do you want to do and i was like i want to get the fuck out of here like everything was going so great in my career and then like all of these bad things would happen to me and it was just wild but the man that was trapped was um a lovely gentleman I bet he was from, I'd say, like the 30s. And the reason why I know this is I opened the front door when I moved out that evening, like an evening, the evening I moved out. Uh Sorry if this is not making any sense to people. No, I'm trying to like, I'm totally trying to like, right now. Stay in chronological order because there's like wild stories. And there's stuff that Dane told me that like, he was like, swear you'll never say, so I I can't say, but this is my own personal experience. And I opened the door and my mom was with me. And I said, sweet spirit, because that's what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to say, welcome, sweet spirits, and like sweet, acknowledge them as sweet spirits. Um, I said, sweet spirit, you are more than welcome to leave. I'm going to leave the front door open, and I'm going to wait for you to leave, and then I'm going to close it and lock up. And this was at, you know, 7 o'clock at night, Uh but it was winter, so it was dark out. So I open the door. I leave it open. My mom walks out, and and I walk out, and I go to close the door after about, like, two minutes, and I close the door. I lock up, and I look, and there's a man right in front of my face. And I jump, and I go, oh, hi. And it was a man and he started smiling and he was probably in his 20s. He had a full tuxedo on that was like from the 1920s, 1930s. He had a violin case that he was holding um, with a violin in one hand and and the case in the other. And he smiled at me in the sweetest smile and he said, thank you. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And I, I, with the hair was coiffed like, like vintage and my mom saw him walk off. Well, what do you mean? Like, was it like a clear translucent type? It was a human being. It was someone that you could physically touch. Yes. Yes. And my mom, so this guy walks out and then my mom goes, who was that? And I was like, that was the guy. And we go to chase him down the stairs and he was gone. Silence. So we, so, so ghosts are, can be actually physical. I, I don't know if they can be physical or if he showed himself as physical to prove the point that he was gone or if it was just this moment in time. But when I was little, I used to see spirits all the time and they would see like super real to me. Oh my God. And, but my mom saw him too. And it was the weirdest thing. That is wild. Because, and when, when he said, thank you, it sent me like, almost like wanting to throw up because his voice was exactly the same voice that oh. came through the phone. And it was he, like, he looked like me right now. Like me. Yeah. His- yeah. Physically, like, like literally like you could touch him, but it was like this beautiful, like this, like he had a fresh facial, you know what I mean? Like a fresh glow to the face. And it was the kindest, 
sweetest. And it was a simple, thank you. That was it. Move along. And I was like, wow. And so it was the weirdest oh, thing. So God. I told this to, to <laughs> this Dane. Amazing. This is amazing. I'm so sorry. This is supposed to be your interview. No, I'm like, I'm like this, this is enjoyable to no, me. No, but it was just like, it was wild to me because it was not only at a time in my place where I I was lost. I never thought I would move into this place. And it, it these this particular building, there's like wait lists of like 10 years uh -huh. to even get in there. And we had called one day and it had opened up that day. And so like all these weird, like- I wonder if he was using of you to like get like, out of there. Like yeah, meaning well, and that's kind of how I felt. Like mm -hmm. when I left there, I was like, okay, so much shit happened in my life. But it almost felt like if I wasn't the one who was the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs person that's like bringing in the fucking medium to like come in yeah, and like do woo woo like, magic. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this human ever would have left. Whoa. Yeah. So it was a real, it was really interesting. But, but like, I, I, I'm that person where I almost treated maybe I was like, maybe because I'm bipolar, I have this like weird superpower. You, you know might what I have mean? A sensitivity. Like, yeah. And like, so that's why I have a very big sensitivity to sound, you know? And so like getting mm, back to how we're talking about yeah. the fingers, it's like, there's certain things that I'm so clear on. And that's why I'm also scared of being alone. It's not even mm. the, the, I am a female alone and someone's going to break into the house. Yeah. I used to see spirits as a kid all the time that it, it was weird to, I never knew like who was real, like who was fake. No way. Yeah, it was like crazy. This is like the first time I'm hearing about something like that. Usually it's like, oh, it's this thing that's just like, airy right right yeah yeah no this and was then and the, this is the, the first time first, i've heard yeah. of someone see, seeing something that's so real yeah it was it was it was and it i i want to say it was terrifying but it wasn't terrifying it just was what it was um and i think that you know the, it, it just was bizarre the way that it happened the time of my life that mm -hmm. i was in it was kind of rediscovering who i was as a human Mm, and it was yeah. right before I met my husband, actually. Um, oh. And it was just this kind of like closing of, of events in my life. Yeah. And, you know, if other people hadn't seen it and if other people hadn't heard it, yeah. I would have been like, check me right back into that hospital that, I, that I'm that i very familiar with. Like, it's definitely something going on but upstairs. Other people were there. But so many people experienced Whoa. this. And then when I had this conversation with Dane Cook and hearing the validation from him that that he was touched by, you know, not this particular man, but that other earthly, you know, unearthly spirit. Like, that's what I'm telling you. There was some He's very OCD. Like, he must yes. have been like, what is going on? Yeah, and it was, like, really fascinating. And it was- The it fact was, that he stayed there for 12 years. Yeah, he stayed. And he must but, have been, like, But his experience was, working with was him. beautiful. It was oh, a beautiful wow. experience. A male energy, maybe. Supportive male energy. You know, very interesting. It, it could have absolutely been. And, you know, when Bette Midler was there, I forgot what album she wrote during the time that she was there. But, you know, the guy who, who, who owned the building, he told me that she painted the entire room. And it was floor to ceilings, two stories. It was, a, like, a big open loft kind of a thing. Whoa. And there was, like, a Romeo and Juliet balcony. It was incredible. Oh. It was it was like ridiculous but the whole place she painted electric yellow with bumblebees everywhere huh. so i always wanted to and she wrote her song in this like office closet space huh. that this guy was locked in so i i uh, that's that's another one of my my manifestation goals of meeting bet midler to confirm or deny yes. the stories of oh, the bumblebees I, yes. and and the spirits you I know that but i've always been someone that's very you know 
spiritually connected and yeah. i think it's because my grandmother was very psychic oh, and my it mother runs on the maternal side the it's all matriarchal. oh really yeah yeah, yeah I mean, sometimes it does it runs on like but yeah usually yeah and so always like that and my mother you know was very much um you know open to so many different modalities of teaching huh. me um you know whether it be meditation i mean she had really? me doing this is so interesting to, as a kid too, because you know? i'm like now that i'm into that i'm wondering how it's going to be like with my kid and like yeah what is it like to grow yeah. up like that well you know i didn't know any different and i think it's just as simple as that like did that veg- help you i, I who knows yeah <laughs> i could say uh, i probably heard a lot but uh you know no i i i, I kid i had a really great um, unique childhood. And I think because I am an only child, it was oh, also yeah. really special for me to figure out different things. But like when I f- first was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I wasn't diagnosed till I was 22, but all these different signs would happen when I was younger. And so my mom huh. had therapists. I would go to hypnotherapists. I would go to special gurus, you know, so it, it, it is going to be so special for you because that's now what your world is, you yeah. know? Uh, How I mean, did you even get into the world I, of all of I'm that? Gonna t- I tell you, it was so funny. There's a connection with Dane Cook and also, remember we were talking about an app before this? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went with the founder of that app to Dane Cook's oh new God. house. Stop it. And I've never met Dane Cook. That was the first time I met him recently because- Oh my God. So when you said yeah. that, I was like, oh, that's so like, funny. What? I was at his new house. Wow. I know that was just that, a weird that how I know that. But I guess it's not that surprising if we're both in Hollywood, like at a certain yeah. Point. But I mean, I feel like Dane like Cook's weird because a really we're talking about name. this app, and then you brought up Dane Cook, and I was like, yeah. the last time I saw him was because of that. Isn't that so strange? Wow. That's it. Tell me everything that was the about. Ghost story. No, okay, so that was the ghost story. So that was that I don't was have the, a story. That like was that. the warm up. The warm up. Oh my god, to, that was a good warm up. That was to share. I'm like. You know, people love that shit. People love those types of stories. I mean, you could do a whole season. About I went on stories. a I went on a podcast actually, um, where everyone comes on and tells like a different ghost story, and I told oh. that, and people like didn't believe it, mm. and I was like, no, but I promise it's real. And the host is like, I am so scared right now. I was like, I know, you know. <laughs> I was like, it's real, you know. Um, but how did okay. you yes. get into everything that you're doing? Because you know, what? what's so fun for me is why I have such a, like a, uh, I would say like such an attraction to you of, of like feeling like such good energy from you oh. is you're a badass bitch, <laughs> you know, you, you are, but you're a businesswoman. You are, you, the fact that you do radio, I don't even think you understand a, how jealous I am of you and B, like how much my heart and soul, I grew up my my teacher, I would say, was Howard Stern because my mom used yeah. to play Howard Stern. Well, when mindfulness she, when, and Howard Stern. Howard Stern when well, she actually, was pregnant Howard with me. Stern is actually big into mindfulness. Oh, I do transcendental meditation because yes. of him. Oh, yeah. no way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also, I loved unscripted programming hosts the news, like I wasn't a hardcore news junkie right. as much as I just loved unscripted, like unfiltered conversations. Yeah. Like I was watching talk shows when I was growing up, yeah. like Oprah, Ricky Lake. I was oh, watching I Dateline. Ricky. I was watching uh, what's it, 2020. I, yeah, I was very much into that. And then when I came out to LA interning, when I was finishing college, I interned at the Ellen DeGeneres show, second season. Oh my gosh. And then, the, and then at night I would go to a radio station. I was just kind of like an intern whore. I was like, I'm I don't gonna know do if it's it like that's a great thing to say. I, I was love an intern it. who I was just like, 
I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to take advantage of all the free labor. But I think that that's honestly the best learning experience. Yeah. And and I went to Emerson College in Boston, which is very yep. hands-on, very media. And so for me, that's where I got, yeah, the best experience. And so at night I, I would, and at this point I was like, I don't even need to get credit. I just want to yeah. suck it all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at night I would go to 98.7 FM, which is a station here in LA and Love just help the night yeah. radio jock. And then he had a morning show where he would record for Rochester, New York. And so he'd give me the whole run of show and he'd be like, okay, put in, in the breaks, like, what am I saying? And so I would like fill it in. And then one day, because I have horrible handwriting, we were in the studio after. And for me, I knew it was something I loved because I would get like a rush. Like I wouldn't get right. tired. Right. Right. And I love, I love my sleep and I'm very yeah, yeah. into that, but I would just feel at 11 at night, even after working over 12 hour days, I'd be like, yes, pumps, yeah, right? right? I was in that right. mode. And so I was in this studio with him and he was like, I can't read your handwriting for this. Why don't you just jump on air and <gasps> say whatever you want me to say? So oh then God. I was in my last semester of college at this point and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And I got this like adrenaline rush. And then I would just come back for it every day. I would just stay later to be, to, God, to I be on that the show too. I yeah, know. with him. And it was my that first hit. taste, yeah, of like, oh, there's something here. And he actually was the one, Skip Kelly, uh, who's no longer in the radio business anymore. <laughs> it's like in real estate in Florida or no. something. <laughs> but, uh, but he really encouraged me to pursue on camera and wow. on, more on air. Right. And I actually, after college, went after a few radio gigs. And then I was like, I don't want to move to a small town. Yeah, I right. just wasn't that person. But then simultaneously, I'd studied video and communications. And from Ellen, one of the producers brought me on for a show in Vegas. So like, I wasn't even 21. I had just, I was just turning 21. And I got hired as an associate producer for his morning show in Vegas in, in the Golden Nugget. So I was living in the Golden Nugget. Oh my God, that and is amazing. For like a few months. And this was like right out of college. Stop it. It was wild. It was a bit too much. Like, Have you seen done. that TV show on HBO, the documentary? Of, yeah, um, uh, there was a real reality show there years later. Or was it? As it was happening, I think it was years later. Yeah, when they redid the whole place. Oh my God. I, I like live, I forgot what that show's called. Is it Good Time News or something? I don't know what it is, but it's so funny. And they followed this like news station oh, in the middle of oh, nowhere that's in Nevada. Else. Yes, I've yeah, heard about in this. In the middle yeah. of Nevada. You have to I've watch seen a it. Billboard. This is recent. This is like recent a couple show. months yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah. It is so brilliant. It is crazy. Well, so I'm we had a bit of that. My vibe. dream is to live in Vegas. Like, so <laughs> I'm it like. It was a bit much because. You know, and I'm also 21, so I was drinking a lot. And then every right. third day or fourth day, I would just hit a wall. And then to the point of two months in, I was just like a wreck where I almost <sighs> got fired because I was just like falling asleep while I was doing my work because oh I wasn't God. sleeping. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like crazy. You're in Vegas. And also, I'm the youngest, the one, on this, nugget, I'm the no youngest <laughs> one on this team. So all the executive producers, all these men are yeah. like taking me out right right it was just nonstop. i mean it was amazing but it was also like very not sustainable right right, right. uh but yeah i mean i'm going way back but so you know i was kind of getting my taste of media but then on camera on air and then kind of from that experience then getting hired for a few more production jobs i realized like i'm like i can't just do the behind the scenes thing right like a part of me is missing so i started pursuing more on camera and then hosted a ton of random things from like being a correspondent on court TV. Like I was a correspondent on court Stop. TV. What was that? I was doing Did a lot you of entertainment news. With Judge I wasn't Judy. going, no, I wasn't going to uh, trials or anything or to fake court shows. 
Or real court shows. Uh, real court um, shows. Real but no, I was more uh, doing entertainment news, like if there was like a law, a legal show, or right. like CSI and being right. on like, right. uh, you know, on set and interviewing the actors. How did you even though make that transition from radio to on camera? Well, so I wasn't because even I really like doing so radio. I mean, I was tr playing around with it, but then at that time I just like left the radio idea because my background was more in video. I studied video. Right. I, I was working with producers from Ellen, all that stuff. But uh, as I was making my video reel, which now, of course, it's so weird because it's like antiquated. Like we have YouTube, yeah. social, like you're doing it. Everything, right? Everything, yeah. But in order, and you would know this, to get an agent, you needed to have a reel of some yep. sort, which you still right. do now, but it's just different. And so I was just creating it. So I, I just created my own reel. And as I was creating my reel, I met uh, some some folks and they introduced me to someone and then I ended up being like the video person for wire image. Oh so my gosh. When, like I was coming up at a time when all these websites were just starting. We're yeah. talking about I'm aging myself, but this is like the beginning of quick time video on websites. Right, 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 right. So right. I started getting hired for a lot of these websites and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I'm doing what I love. Of course I thought it was a jumping off point. I was right. like, I'll just get hired by E entertainment MTV. Yeah. And I was auditioning for those things, but I wasn't getting the jobs. Right. But meanwhile, this whole world was kind of coming up. And all of them were really just like accepting of me, my enthusiasm. And so that's really when so I started great. being a bit more entrepreneurial because I was around all these founders and entrepreneurs and people that ended up creating some of the biggest platforms. Like I was around the founder of Tumblr when he was 18. Wow. I was around wow. like the founder of Mashable, which is like, I don't know Love if people Mashable. are still on Mashable now, but. I was around when Andy Cohen had a web series called Watch What Happens. Right, right. And right. like, we're all in the beginnings of this whole thing. Which is so awesome for you to be able to then like grow up and see everything that's coming. Really like cool. how full circle everyone's life has really turned. Well, like, yeah. And then it all kind of went more mainstreamed, right? Because right. that's always what happens. Something that's underground will hit a break. Of course. Point. That's yeah. always what happens. Yeah. So like think about anything that's underground, like now that's NFTs and crypto and all that. And definitely right. some things like it's a hit or miss like um oculus we're not necessarily walking around with those things you know i recently saw a billboard for working out with that yeah so it's always they're always trying to bring it back there. but you know what i mean but it is really right. cool but still at the time while i was in this world i was still trying to get that traditional job right so i was always on camera so then i happened to get hired for a website that became uh, became a tv show mm. and then it kind of like my world my world in digital seg to tv yeah so i was doing a bit of both i had one foot in like broadcast, old school broadcast right. and one foot in digital. And when you were doing this, were you working more in the, the like kind of fashion entertainment side of it all? Or was it? It was more like entertainment news, pop culture. And mm -hmm. then as the web stuff, digital stuff came in, it became more like using tech to like bring it to pop culture people. So I'd be like working with Ashton Kutcher and covering the fact that he's trying to get a million followers right. on Twitter. Right. So it was like, how do I bring like my passion for pop culture into tech and a lot of people didn't get what that was or like so are you a tech reporter i'm like no i'm more like humanizing they were it. trying to put you in a box yeah right, i'm like right. i'm like more telling people why it should be like accessible why why they should care right right and that's what like i'm not giving you the specs of your laptop or your phone yeah. necessarily i'm saying like who who are using these devices and changing yep. the world yeah that's what i was more reporting yep. on and then i realized like oh this is a thing this is the beginning of a thing. And I started becoming more um, of the go-to for that in Los Angeles and Hollywood. It's yeah. so like whenever there was a celebrity or a platform that wanted to do something digital and social here, I was like that go-to person. And then I realized, well, if I want to be a Ryan Seacrest or Katie Couric or Oprah Barbara Walters type, like what's my niche? 
And then I realized, like, I would say in two, mid 2000s, like, oh, I could be the interviewer of YouTube stars and internet stars. I love it. And that was and really cool. Yeah. And I did that for, I've been doing that like for over a decade. What What is it like? <laughs> and we're not even getting to the radio stuff Let yet. Me this just is like cat this. lives. With, with, with the YouTube, right? With the YouTubers, with the hip, cool kids. Okay. I am still so backwards on YouTube and I am trying so hard to even figure out how to have my own like channel so I could put this up it's on challenging. there. It is very challenging. Yeah. Do you find that there's so much creativeness though on YouTube with untouched talent that's like, like untapped, tapped yeah. talent in there? Like when you meet them, are you super surprised by not even the kids, but the people that are, that are the content creators or are you kind of like, oh, it's like, well, the, uh, now I'm not like at the time, remember, it was like such the underbelly mm, of right. anything like mainstream media was not taking it seriously. Right. And it felt like we were part of this crazy yeah, movement, I keep saying, because when I right. went to the first ever VidCon, I was at wow. the first ever VidCon wow, and cool. I was interviewing everyone. So I went to. Hank and John Green and I said hey I want to bring the red carpet to VidCon and they're like red carpet like we're not celebrities I'm like no I think this is going to be the new celebrity it is yeah and so I you know if you go back to VidCon's channel and you look at their first videos I'm there like wow. very young Shira Cute. and it's all the like all the YouTubers that were just starting out and you know I'm interviewing them telling their story and of course it's a big deal for them they're like on a yeah. red carpet but the step and repeat like they never had that it's a big deal but then at the time even though it was smaller than it is now it, it was at the, the basement of Century City Hotel it's now at Anaheim Convention Center which is so crazy wow it is you would still see there was something special there like it was the first time that all of them were seeing their fans lined up right, in person. Right, right. And we're like, what? Is this real? Which I feel like I feel like every generation of creator feels that way. Right. Like any new platform comes up or even TikTok. It's like, oh my God, people actually recognize me. Yeah. Like there's yeah. always that aha moment. Right. But I think that was the first time ever, like that they historically it. recorded. These are people that are that were creating their own content from home, you know, most of them. Yeah. And not being able to ever experience like living in LA and, and oh yeah, you know, people, this yeah. is like now a lot of people imagine. are coming here for digital. It's now yeah. all kind of one in one. But at the time, yeah, you were not in LA. And that was what was great about it is like you didn't need to be here. Yeah. If anything, you were counter that culture. Yeah. Now it's all blended, which is great. Like I love the idea that you could have your own business and be independent, but then still tap into mainstream culture, get money there, get audience there. It's like yeah. a, all crossed over. It's all very exciting. It's just like, yeah, I, I definitely saw the evolution of all of it. Yeah. And it led me to starting what's trending my company. Uh, and then I've had that for a decade. And what's what is what's, what's trending? trending? Well, it's it is what it is. Uh, it is what and it we is. Cover it's digital culture trending. and social culture, and it's just you know we've editorialized the social media culture space, and we were one of the first to do it. I feel like now it's it's really fun to see these. I would say next gen reporters yeah. that literally they're hired by like NBC News, New York Times to literally just be the digital culture reporter, it's like. I wild. was trying to get people to hire me to, to right. do that right. over a decade ago and they weren't taking me seriously. Like I went to CBS Evening News and said, I want to take a crew to VidCon to interview these people. And they're like, why? We yeah. don't get it. Yeah. So like, I think it is so cool to see people getting jobs just talking about the things they care about. I love that you're such a positive person because for me, I'd be like, fuck this. I am so, I, I like, I'm already inside 
already so angry at these I've young had, kids that are taking the jobs that you work no, so I, hard. I definitely had. I have. Like, I definitely have had my moments. You're like a good person. Like, <laughs> I've had my moments where I'm just like, wow, like and. And for a long time, and even like my agent now, it was like, I don't know why they won't, like you created what's trending. Like I, know. I go to all these places to get you hired and like, they won't get you to talk about social culture. They'll either get a social media star or then like yeah. a journalist. And then I'm in that middle place between everyone. Right, right. And you know, at a certain point, like one, it's just not worth my energy to feel that I way. Know. Obviously we know, yeah. Like, but it's, it's okay to feel person. that way. We know, we know. But I've it's had okay. my most where I'm like, oh, that would have been cool. Like, I feel like, did I miss out on something or even... You know, a year ago, I remember my my dad kept saying, like, write a story about like how you saw everything rise and like the story of what's trending and this that. And I, uh, I was like, yeah, I should do that. I actually reached out to a reporter, being like, maybe you could co-write it for me. And like, we kind of had a conversation. And then she, we didn't. And then she ended up <laughs> announcing how she's doing a book about how the inter- the social media and internet like, video great. was created. And then I say to myself, like, okay, that could suck, but it also obviously wasn't for me. Right. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then what do I have that I'm grateful for? It always comes back to that. Right, this is where right. it goes into mental health because yeah, yeah, yeah. that is a downward spiral. Oh, it and is. Like, a it complete, is funny. It's, listen, we're deprecating. It's funny to banter about it. It's funny to banter, but at the end of the day, you easy. cannot spin because you will spin and you will circle that drain and oh, we will, totally. that it will be it. But you'd be surprised even, and it, 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 it's not about toxic positivity. But you have to be aware of even like your jokey, jokey, jabby, jabbies. Yeah. Because those become this like these subconscious yeah, things, course. right? Yeah. And of course, and it's something you're holding on to. Yeah. And so I had to, in a way, and part of what brought me into more mental health was that my own, um, my own confrontation of myself, hmm. right? Where I had to reconcile everything that I was part of and how amazing it was and got nominated for an Emmy and like I was a first and all this attention but then also so many things that I felt like I didn't get to do or um you know and and blaming myself for it or blaming circumstance blaming other people you know all that and having to reconcile that and it kind of happen all at once for you where it happened over a bit of time I mean I think it was never a quote unquote, I'm very privileged, let's be clear, but it was never quote unquote necessarily like an easy ride. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it was a very up and down roller coaster. And yeah. people who have been on the inside definitely know. know that. They yep. can attest to that. Yep. I'm not being yep. like dramatic. Yep. You know, like within a few months of launching and we had all this press and I had a billboard in Times Square and we our partner wow. with CBS News. I got very publicly fired by CBS News oh, and everything sweet. fell apart within 24 hours. Wow. Um, and then like all my deals just fell apart because right, of that. Right. And I had that moment where I was like, am I going to have a career? Like, what was the point of me working right. this hard? If this was my destiny. This was yeah. That's one of those, like, I think that was my first time feeling, I would say like tapping into what depression is. Interesting. Where it felt yeah. like this hopelessness yep. of like, what do you do? Why? And be, because I'm an optimistic person. Yeah. I do have mostly glass half full. My, uh, not my balance, but my baseline is pretty high. Mm-hmm. But I still was like, I remember on a balcony, like at my office and I was just like, you know what? It feels like no one cares. Like, I feel like I could just mm-hmm. like leave this world right now and no one would give a right. shit. Yeah. You, had you know, that mo- I had yeah, that moment and of course, in Which my head, because that's I like have more this common rational, than yeah. people think, you know, you, that you yeah. people feel and it's not talked about how common that feeling is. Yeah. And of course, I did have a bit of guilt. So I'm like, oh, this is weird, right? Yeah. I do think that people around me were worried because it was a very public thing and it was hard. It mm. was um, and there were a lot there was a lot of people on social media. This was like the first time I think like 
It was like one of the first social media moments where right. as a news, like I was in a news organization and there was a mistake made. And instead of it just being like taken care of and discussed and the yep. whole, what you would think would be a rational conversation, it was just like, no, this is done. You're fired. And it wasn't even just a private thing. They like, it, it somehow got um teased or uh, what's it called when they like like dropped dropped yeah they gave it to the hollywood reporter there's a whole article i was like really what did this, was this needed wow someone did a with a leak a leak they leaked it wow but that was like my little experience of the leak and that was just like it was hard and hurtful because at the time you know i i take what i do seriously i care i i have a lot of integrity with my work and who i am yeah. and it felt like it that instance represented everything that I was not in my right, life. Right. And I, and also it really tapped into control. It was, it was so out of my control. It almost felt like a nightmare. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. At and the you're time. Like, is it ever going to end? Yeah. It just felt like this is a nightmare. Like I'm waking up in a nightmare of my yeah. life. Like why? And then you get in the victim mode of why did I deserve this? Like, why, why is this happening? Like what is this leading to though through it on the other side of that fear and that darkness, there was a, uh, a lot of faith that was learned, mm. right? Because when I came out of it, I looked back and I was like, whoa, okay, I got through that. And that's obviously Look where the power that resilience I had. is right. built. Right. It's unfortunate we sometimes you go through those things to have but resilience. But sometimes you have to go through those things yeah. to even realize that to grow. you can do more and better. Yeah, yeah. And it was even after that, you know, we and we did get a lot of accolades, we grew. But then, you know, as that was happening, ultimately the other stuff happened. And what I think is interesting, and after doing therapy and knowing a bit about trauma work, I think that that traumatic adult moment triggered a lot of unhealed trauma in my life. Oh, I, are you kidding and me? And at the time, I'm like, now I'm looking did. back yeah. and I'm like, oh, because then, oh, this is what brought up when I was five years old. And this is what did this when I was, you know, 12. Yeah, and because this I, is this uh -huh. relationship. And, I was yeah. in a relationship and the whole thing went south. Right. And I was, and it was a it was definitely both of us, but I'll take my accountability in it. And it brought up a lot of very unhealthy, toxic behaviors from me right. out of my own survival mechanism uh -huh. and my ego being shattered and wanting to be rebuilt. Right, right? right. So a lot of shit went down and then my partner slash co-founder left. Mm. And then not only did I, oh, well, I, I had broken up my relationship. I also had this company on my shoulders that I had never really been running as much myself like he was running the finances oh he was God. running on that and stuff and then, I'm like, and then i was like wow another lesson i was like you know like, it just never come ends on god bring more of it on like and then yeah. uh, you know we had a bunch of great deals and it, i was floating i was but then ultimately you know all those deals that he had kind of uh closed came to an end right right and then it was like oh i'm almost bankrupt now <laughs> yeah great thank you <laughs> well you know and I, I once again take accountability like we we all even though we get to say like things happen but i look and i was part like i i was part of that mm -hmm. i was an active participant in in all of it in some ways there were lessons to be learned and yeah. I look back and I'm like, it could have been easier, but then I also wouldn't be where I am. Right. Well, a, you wouldn't be where you were right, currently yes. are right now, but also you would be continually making the same mistakes. Totally. But I had to, you know, you have still, to be aware. Then, so, and then it continued, you know, so I had so many ups and downs with what's trending. I mean, like right. it'd literally be like a seven figure year and then like back to zero, wow. this, that, and, and at a certain point after like hitting so many versions and, and I would say a few years ago, um, 
uh, you know, we blew up on Musical.ly, which became TikTok. Uh-huh. And I was like, we found this new thing again. It was like wow. another thing. But yet still, at that point, it was like, and then Musical.ly goes away. <laughs> Basically becomes TikTok. Today. But, but it was interesting because it was the first time where I was like, okay, I have some momentum, but there's something that's just like not off. That's not, that's off here. Mm. I'm like, it's like, I can't just ride this wave again, acting like everything is okay. Yeah. Because ultimately what was something here is off. Right. Right. And if you feel, I get to work, I, I can't just keep on chasing the next bad. thing. Like, okay, maybe if we get another big year, I'll feel better about myself or if, you know, my relationship is better or like right. we, we blow up on the next platform. Like it was always me chasing these things outside of myself. And I think that it finally was that come to Jesus moment of like, okay, girl, no, like these things can keep happening. You're the common denominator. Like there, there's chaos that's around you. And like, I had to get my shit together. And so that really began my personal growth, wellness, mental health journey in a more conscious way. Well, it kind of was like, hey, you're going to run into a wall. You can either stop or you can figure a way to like break open a wall and create a door, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I had to do something different. I don't know where that analogy no, came from. No, but like from, I had to do like, something that different. Like came to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, and and also it was that I had attached so much of my identity to this thing I'd created, right? Because I'd gotten a lot from it, yeah. right? Even though yeah. it gave me a lot of whatever. Which you know, I, I always say it's like you gotta have gratitude, and it still exists. Yep. So it's like my child, like thank yep. you, child, yep. <laughs> like you know. thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. But yeah. um, I'd wrapped up a lot of my identity in it, so it's failure felt like I was a failure. Right. And so that was also a process. And I know a lot of, I mean, anyone who builds their own brand, yep. who has an outward, outward facing brand, who is an entrepreneur feels this way. Yep. Yep. And that is a tough Constantly. lesson and a journey to learn how do you uh, create a distance between you and what you're creating. And what was something that you did? I mean, you talk about that you did therapy. You talked about you did trauma work. What what sort of like At trauma At that time, work? I didn't even do therapy. Oddly enough, when I look back, I'm like, holy shit, no wonder I just totally like unfolded and right. like fell apart personally because I went through a really traumatic moment. I never got help. Mm. I just thought, you know, I'm fine. Like, I'm going to get it together. I don't even know what I was thinking at the time. Well, I like, think also as as an entrepreneur and as a female who is always, a, it, you see, very type A like I am in the sense in where it's way. like, in your own way, but in the sense where it's like, no, 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 this is a problem. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to figure it exactly. out. Exactly. And I just kept, I, got I, the solution, I kept my head you know? down yeah. and I did the work. But it's interesting because no one at the time recommended that I get help. Mm. The one thing I remember my dad got my vocal coach was the closest to a coach at the time. Like now it's a bit, we're in a different time, right? This is almost a decade ago. This is eight years ago or something. And so he was like, I want him to go to set with you and just like, you know, be there to support you. Of course, then he got those bills and he's like, you don't need that support that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, I was like, that was as close to a, like someone who is like spiritually grounded for right, me. Right. Who supports system. Yeah. It was a support system. And of course everyone else was there and like my, my partner at the time and my parents, but yeah, like it was the first time also, I think my dad, who was always this like heroic figure for me and I was always there. I'm going to save the day. It was like the first time he felt like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I can't help you. So a lot of things broke down. Yeah. A lot of like safety blankets, what I, what I thought was real, what I thought made sense in my life, my own existence. Like it was a a lot of existential stuff. So when I finally came to terms with that, it was more, 
like I, I was feeling a bit off. Like I wasn't getting the, having that excitement in my life. Yeah. You could say that's a bit of a low You were grade also having your Saturn return. Depression. 30, I, yeah, I turned when I was, yeah. was around, this is around 30. That's some woo well, shit no, for you if actually, you want to Google that. <laughs> there was a change around 30. That that was my, my partner left me. 35 was yeah. when it happened. Wow. So I'm 38. Um, it was 35 or so, or a bit before. It was like 33, you know, to 35 yeah. where shit started to yeah. ch- change. Where I started to realize like, this is just not working. And I refuse to accept that. Mm. And it's, wow. and, and I'm going to, do something about it and I, I got introduced to this like emotional intelligence workshop and I went there and I started to like come alive again or just like realize like oh shit had, I have a feeling you were like was, wow well, I, I was, feel feels well I was purging a lot there yeah. was a lot of purging of feeling um and coming to terms and letting it out but then there was also this idea of like whoa I get to like claim what I want and like right. take accountability and responsibility for my life right and so like, yeah, of course there's a lot out of my control, but like, what can I control? Yeah. Right. right. And not in the way that's like, oh, it's like, I'm a prisoner of myself, but like, no, no, what, no, no, what no. can I choose and decide every right. single day? Right. And so it started to be more clear to me, uh, all of that through this workshop. And then I read the artist's way. It was like, all of that was yeah. starting. I was yeah. in my zone. Yeah. I was having my moment. Did you do your morning pages? I did my morning pages, yeah. but Saturn return is what age again? Saturn return, it more. depends. It's between like 30 and 34. Yeah. It was a it, 33 it, mode. For yeah. Me, it really 34. depends on, on, you know, it depends on the human being, honestly, of course. Uh, yeah. truthfully. We can throw out but, anything. But yeah. for me, like I, I found my Saturn return came like, part of me is like I came a little early but actually it really came around right before COVID times and then like really this like existential crisis of being you know 31 32 changing and like I'm 34 now and I I still feel like oh my god do I know what I'm doing but I have I, I feel more confident um now than I have in my entire life um and I think it's because of doing the work yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And then even then, you know, uh, you know I got another kick in, in the booty, yeah. um, you know, and yeah, in 2019, and we were talking about this before we started recording where, you know, I'd done all this work. I've definitely felt better in myself, but then I decided to take a leap of leaving the relationship I was in yeah. because it just didn't align anymore. Yeah. And then because you grew. Yeah. But then yeah. there was even obviously more growth to be had. Right. right of course. And I know judgment to people that don't do that or aren't doing the same exact thing. No. And I wasn't looking to date myself. It was just, yeah, it was that moment where I'm like, you became you're someone not, very yeah. different. And you're not prioritizing your wellness yep. mental health. And I need to step away from this. And I think myself. that's very important because I I, I never would want to ever date someone that was exactly like of me. Course, I was never yeah. that person, you know. But there is something when you are choosing to evolve and become the best version yes. you possibly can of yourself yep. and the other person doesn't want to do it, God, it's tough. And, it is, and yep. you grow and the attraction goes away and oh, it's yeah. like, they could be the hottest person in the entire totally. world and it doesn't matter because it, they're not taking care of themselves. Yeah, and it's sad. And then it becomes yeah. sad and then you're kind of like, oh, am I enabling them? Is this codependency? Yeah, right, and then right, it gets right. into those phases. Right. So then when I left, it was kind of like, okay, no home. Like, And then my company again, just fell apart it was a somewhat I was also changing and and so I wasn't feeling as aligned even with my company anymore Mm. and and then I that's I that's when I took this radio job and that was a a lot of 
it was a lot of work, but it was also a, a challenging thing. You know, it was, we were starting a new station, even though we're in a big company, it was a new division. And what is it that you guys talk about on the regular? So, um, it's called Channel Q. It's an LGBTQ plus music talk station. Amazing. So everything is through the filter of the queer community, giving everyone a voice. So I'm the ally. Like I'm the, oh, the only ally. Everyone thankfully right. is, I mean, is queer there. Um, I'm, yes, I say I'm relationally straight, sexually open. I love that. There you go. I love that. Hetero flexible. I love that. Somewhat. Very, very flexible. <laughs> I'm so flexible. But yes, basically, um, I get to represent and be the ally. And it's really cool because I've learned so much from being there. Oh my God, I'm sure. I mean, every day we get to have the craziest conversations. And it's led me into just doing so much great work with so many communities. And like, yeah. it's also intersectional. Obviously, when we talk about LGBTQ community, you're also talking about so many other things. Yeah, of course. And so I've learned just so much about, yeah, what allyship means, what really like real support is, what it means um, and to be what there a for time each other. to be there. Oh, yeah. You know? And then that was like 2019, of course, going into 2020. It's like, okay, right. now we're reporting about all this stuff right. as it's happening. And it's, it's definitely hard. Obviously, I have the privilege because. You could say, I mean, as a citizen of this world, everything shitty, I feel like, impacted by because it, it yeah. sucks to be around fuck, shitty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, I'm not personally being attacked. Right. Like, right. But I'm talking to people and reporting about stories of, of, of course, the trans community being attacked, the black community being attacked, like indigenous communities being attacked. And we're having them all on our show talking about this, right. which is just like, uh, you know, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's like, this is also a reality. So yeah. it, it's all a lot at the same time. I'm super grateful and it's, um, a gift and, uh, a, a privilege and a responsibility. And what a learning it's really experience. cool to be able to, yeah, to be able to share these stories and put a spotlight in stories that need to be told is really amazing. And so, um, yeah, every day I'm like, okay, wow, this is important. Like we'll have someone on the show that is so thankful that we are having them on because traditional media isn't covering their story. No, no, they right? don't. They and don't. like, that's what we do every single day. We're like, you are welcome here. If you yeah, have something to arms. say, yeah, no, we're I, here. I, I, I think that that is so amazing. And, and, you know, that was what my, my hope was, was for emotional support as I wanted people to come on. And if they wanted to talk about living with schizophrenia mm, and hearing yeah. 10 voices at a time, and I wanted it to be so normal that it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But if you, but I want, I, I'm someone that believes in, in storytelling more than anything in the entire world. Mm, like yeah. I think that that is a religion. <laughs> like that is yeah. my religion is storytelling. And I feel like, you know, I just said this the other day to somebody how, you know, you can go to so many specialists and you go to all these doctors and you can learn so much about, I'll use me as an example, bipolar disorder, right? You can learn so much, but unless you hear someone else's story, that's when you're impacted, totally. right? And that's when you're like, oh, wow, A, I'm not alone in in this this fight for my life, you know, in this, this life that we're living, yeah. but be like, look at what this person has done. And it gives me hope. It gives yeah. me faith. And that's what you're providing on this show is, is especially being an ally, you know, cause you're also opening and up. My, to, way, my, co my show is called let's go there. My co-host is, it's not just me. <laughs> like, yeah, leading yeah, yeah. like I share the mic with an amazing, uh, queer person, Ryan Mitchell, who is lovely. Shout out to yes, Ryan. Ryan at the Slay God. Check him out. 
out. Uh, and so together with, from our different lived experience, we just, we definitely go in there. We go there. It's called yeah. let's go there. We have these uncomfortable conversations through the filter of love, obviously. And it's, yeah, it's very needed. It doesn't, doesn't mean it's easy. No. I mean, yeah. So we're there two to 6 PM live weekdays wow. channel Q we're on terrestrial radio. We're on 32 markets across the country. Wow. Plus on, uh, the Odyssey app live streaming. Uh -huh. Do people call too. it all the time? We do do call in sometimes. Oh my God. I bet you hear like some amazing stories. We do. What's, what's cool is that even when we don't, we're like, is anyone there? You know, and you're, you're like, like is anyone is there? Thing on? Um, we'll bump into people sometimes. Like we'll go to Palm Springs. We're all we're on in the, on the FM station yeah. there. And I wasn't at Palm Springs Pride. I had to leave. But at one of the events, Ryan said someone had come up to him, like a couple was like, we listen to you every day. Oh. I just thought it was really sweet. And then even a nurse during the pandemic, we had a nurse in Texas call us, right? Wow. And, or no, she, she was a guest on our show. This is what's crazy. She we reached out for an interview to talk about, because there was some stuff happening in Texas. And she said, you know what? Um, I actually listen to Channel Q, and we didn't even know this when we booked her. She's like, I listen here because I have a gay niece, and I just oh. want to learn about everything, about what's happening, and how to be a better oh, ally so to her and a better family member to her. And so she listened. She, she told the whole family, listen to Channel Q to oh learn. So it's not God. obviously, just, it's a, for the queer community, but it's also for anyone else who wants to, yeah, wants well, to strengthen and I think their that allyship. That's what's so great about you is like when you're on the show, right? People who want to be the ally to the LGBTQIA, yeah. you know, community, they, they they can hear the way that you have the conversation. They can hear the way that you're asking the question. Well, I'm still learning and, too. Well, you're yeah. still learning, Always. but I'm saying like they're they're learning from you, which yeah. is so great. And you're you're opening up to a whole different side. I've recently even explained to a friend and who's my age, but still isn't like might not know what cisgender means. Right. Yeah. And even my family has learned so much. So it's even just been so interesting doing this job and just being, you must be so fun at a holiday dinner. <laughs> like, oh like gosh, they just want to ask one. all the questions. And they like, do, yeah. but they also like, I'm like, do you really want to hear the answer? Like, I'm like, do you, I actually bought, yeah, my uh, dad, this book from Blair Amani who has this amazing like Smarties uh, brand where she's all about making you smarter through racism, oh, cool. sexism, or like race, yeah. sex, gender, classism. Yeah. So you want to learn all of it and break it down and not be problematic, go to Blair Amani. Oh my God. Read this to get smarter. Oh my I God. I bought it for my dad <laughs> and I sent him a picture. I was like, I mean, here's, this is for you. But yeah, so Channel Q is the radio station. And so that started in 2019. We're going on three years. Wow. It's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah. So it's been a wild ride. So like it's, it's multitasking constantly. And so yeah. I think though that the tools that I really built in that foundation, I built then even now have really helped me as I continue to navigate in this world through challenging situations, whether it be dealing with the tense moments and conversations that we have on the radio station yeah. and just like grueling work, like, you know, on Cameron on air while we love it, it can be a lot. Has there it's ever been a good. moment when, when you've been on air and you've been like, Oh shit, why did yep. I do that live? Uh huh. Yes. I have had those moments as you even saw before. I can barely sometimes say things like sometimes I'm, I do have brain farts. It yeah. happens. Yeah. What I think what's is great about having, done the radio show and continuing to do it is that it has built those 10,000 plus hours. Right. Malcolm Gladwell right. style of expertise. Right. And it's really helped build my confidence. You know, I definitely still get anxiety or 
nervousness around saying the right thing or stumbling. Like I want everything to be perfect because I think you get used to that when you pre-record stuff. Yeah. Well, that's and what I'm I was going to say. To it. Like, when, when I do live, this, it's, it's it's like you know, no big deal. But then when I'm like, oh, oh my god, on back live, sometime. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that I just said that. Like, why did I say that? Well, you kind of learn to let it go and also to embrace just who you are. Yeah, you have right? to embrace who because you are. You'll fumble. I'll have to breathe. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll have to swallow, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I won't be able to find the word, and that's okay. Yeah, right? we're human. But then you, you start to give yourself some more grace and space. And then you just start getting more used to it. The muscle. Yeah. Builds. And it's also muscle memory of like figuring it out. Is. Like I, I, I remember talking about like total brain farts. I did. Um, I hosted the Howard Stern wrap up show. What? Um, when is, wait, so you were in love with Howard Stern growing up and then you worked with him? Not with him, with Gary Delabate and um, when and was John this? Hine. This was um, maybe four years ago. Oh. I just was a special guest, like that. I came on one time, and it was. See, I'm hoping, like, I would be down to. Like, maybe, like, I am in the trenches with, and I love this radio station, the show. But like, I'm like, there's something here that this per- is preparing me for. Yeah, no, honestly, that's 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 how I feel about everything. And and this was even before I had the podcast that I was doing. Um, that I that I had hosted the wrap up show and. It was all about manifestation, right? I, I truly like I'm someone that believes that oh, you put it yeah. out to the universe and you actually do something about it. Uh-huh. I direct message the producers of the Howard Stern show. I had no shame, multiple. I created a connection. I created a relationship. Uh-huh. I let them know my obsession. And you were, I was you were like, acting at the time. And I was all acting, that. yes. And I had a movie that was coming out um, on Netflix. And so I kind of used that as my excuse. Yes. I was like, hey, it's coming out on Netflix. Do you mind if I come in? And what's so <gasps> funny is no one knows this i was supposed to be in new york but i wasn't really supposed to be in new york and they were like oh next time you're in new york like give us a call and let us know and i was like oh i'm actually gonna be here on these days and i was like i'm totally free doing this and i literally flew to new york to do it and like they never knew but like i just was like i needed to do it yes but i'm on camera like they're filming it and it's on air and i'm just like what the hell is going on how is my life like howard's in the room next door like i didn't get to meet him unfortunately but i found out afterwards that he was a fan of this one show that i was on and i was like oh my god this is so cool and so i'm literally sitting there and they go tell us about your movie and i'm like what movie? <laughs> what am I doing? And I go, oh, uh, they go, it's it's dancing. And I was like, oh, um, it's called Stomp Sisters and it's about stomping. Okay, Shira, let me tell you a little story. It is not about stomping. It is not called Stomp Sisters. It is called Step Sisters. Oh, so you had that. It is about step dancing. It has nothing to do with stomping. It has nothing to do (laughs) with stomping them. And then Gary goes, oh my God, kind of like the musical, Stomp the Musical. And I was like, kind of. No, absolutely not. Nothing to do with it. But it was like that moment where I was like, oh, trust me, that's happened to me. Yeah. And that's happened, like, I feel very comfortable here now. But there's sometimes I might say something and then overthink it. And then it's just a downward spiral. And then I'm not being present. How do I get out of it? And then I'm not present. And so then I just, I'm like, who am I? Where am I? Yeah. And so almost like all this work that we're doing is such an exercise in presence. It's an it's absolutely an exercise in presence. And I feel like if I hadn't done the podcast, yeah. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the best thing about the podcast. I'll say 
is that it's gotten me to meet people such as yourself. And these are things that I would have met, you know, on an audio app, it's just on different. social media, no, it's different, sure. Yeah. But there's something very different and there's something very intimate. And yep. when I interview even really good friends of mine, I learn so much about them from the podcast oh, because I there's something about being behind a mic uh-huh. when you have your earphones on, mm-hmm. you know, you got these headphones, you kind of disappear. It becomes this yeah. meditative state. No, it's true. And you feel comfortable saying things. That's why I always say to people like, if you say something you're a little uncomfortable with and you want to give me a call and be like, hey, that was right. Because I understand because totally. it gets so comfortable. Yeah, it's like we're hanging out. This is it does. We're in a living room. But that's also why I've always loved what I do. Like a big part of what... Uh, what I love is interviewing people, talking to people and meeting new people. Like I almost don't know how to enter a space without doing this because then I'm like, how do I meet people? Which is weird. Right. Which also was my own self-exploration because I remember going to Ted many years ago. Like a Ted talk? I did go to Ted. I'm just making sure. I was actually, wor- I, which is crazy. You know what? I say I like, was I, have it cat lives. like I have cat lives. Like I look That's back great. at things I had. I'm like, whoa, that was cool. Like I would even do that now. <laughs> like Ted hired me to do their interviews within their brand room. Like, so I just interviewed the brands cool. for them. At 10, they gave me a free pass to Ted. Like what? now like, and like a room. So awesome. I'm like, yeah. At the time, it's always like, I look back, I'm like, what? I, I didn't realize how special that was. Yeah. I did. But now looking back even more so. But- what was I saying? Um, oh, yeah. So I bump into Al Gore. <gasps> so, like? well, he's just this, like, big, like, Dude. uncle yeah. dad man. Yeah. But it's almost like I didn't know how to meet someone, including someone who's, like, an important person. Right. Without right. the entryway of, like, oh, so I'm going to be interviewing you in a few minutes, but yeah, great yeah. to meet you. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 it's yeah. a power play. Right, right. It's, like, allows me to, like, ha- to... Enter the conversation feeling like they know who I am. They feel like there's a value there, which is actually very interesting ego wise, right? Yep. That I could only talk to people when I have this like superficial sense of value. Yeah. Where as just me being sure, I can't just approach them. Like what? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's been an interesting thing to unravel. I totally feel that same way. Yeah. But but like, and being an interviewer and a host, like I've been able like uh, to meet so many incredible people. I mean, I, I've become friends with or closer to Mark Cuban because of that. Uh, Tony Shea, rest in beast because of that. Oh, Tim yeah. Ferriss because of that. I mean, like so many, why am I saying all these white men? Just in general, it, I've I've gotten to know them because it was always me providing some sort of value. Yeah. It wasn't like, I don't need you. Right, right, Not right. like they need me. There was a bit of no, feeling but you like- No, you know what? I will tell that, you, you will that. be surprised on how many people in the business of, even in the technology world, because that's what my husband's in. And I see like- there is something very special about someone who's in control of a microphone. Well, yeah, that media. There is a bit of a, yeah. a power play with media. There is. And now, like, some of the drag queans, like, yep. Shangela. Okay, we're going to, like, let's. Did you meet Shangela? Yes, Shangela's been on our radio Are show. Are you kidding me? Yes. Shangi is my number one. So let's, one. like, get out of the white cis man mode. Like, <laughs> Shangela is my number one. So, yeah, like, I, mean, I would do anything a to lot of the Shangela. Yeah, the drag like, queens. Wow. I could connect to you. <gasps> Oh my God, if I had Shangela on but the like, show, so cool I'd freak out. Having shows and then you're like, yeah, if you like someone or you're intrigued or you want to meet someone and talk to them. Yeah. Or even if you want to work with them, instead of just reaching out, hey, can I have a call, exploratory call? You go, hey, can I interview for you for my show? Yep, yep. And then you build this trust. And a relationship. Yeah. And a relationship. Yep. I mean, today, right before this, uh, because I'm getting into Web3 and NFTs and 
crypto stuff, which is like, feels like it's not nothing new. I mean, it's like, I knew about this years right. ago, but yeah, right. I just right. let it like fly right. past me. Yeah. But now I'm getting more so actively involved. And then Nicole Buffett, Warren Buffett's daughter, or oh no, my goddaughter, God. granddaughter, was in my the live chat. I actually saw it was Nicole Buffett, but I'm like, oh, I just, it's, You're like, okay. Is it Buffet? I don't know. And then <laughs> she's, of course, starting to talk about her uh, grandfather. I'm like, oh, 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 this is really cool. And right. she's a creative. I'm like, whoa, like, I want to work with her. Yeah. But I'm like, stuff like that, like, it just becomes easier. So much and easier. And so- yeah, that I mean, people know this. I mean, how many? That's why people do podcasts now. They yep. go, well, I meet new people, and yep. then I get to work how with do you them. Do it? It's a great way. But to do I was, it. you know, I was doing that for a long time before. Yeah, yeah. And but then on the other side of that, and this goes back to like mental health and wellness, is like, who are you beyond that? Yeah. Can you be comfortable just approaching people as you? And, um, that, and that's a thing to look sure. at. And I, I've, I, I I've think so. It takes a long time for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is hard. And it is because we we always then have, okay, well, will they take me seriously? Like in the world we're in, like people yeah. need context. So it's like, yeah, when they follow you on Instagram and they're like, oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Whereas like, well, you could do that without looking each other up. Right, right, right? Can right. we like figure out how we can be connected without Googling? And without well, and I connecting will say, in that way. being on social media has been quite honestly the easiest way to find guests and totally. to, to make connections with people because- Look, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't hurt that I have a check mark next to, next to my name Let's on Instagram. You know what I mean? Because then people are like, oh, oh, is she of importance? You know what I mean? Literally, I feel like everyone does now. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that that helped yeah. a lot, you know, at the beginning. Oh, of course. It helps. Yeah. There was like, there's like some sort of validation yeah. there, you know. But but just a simple DM, like I said, like with, with you know, the Howard Stern thing. Like, I did not have a huge following at the time, like, because I was not active on my social media and I just thought I'm gonna do it because how else am I gonna do it? Why I guess not? I gotta have my manager call Sirius XM and say, hey, you know, can I talk to your booker and can the booker do this? But it's like, you know, there's something when someone actually makes the effort and does I, it one on one, there's true. something so special about it and it makes it makes them really seem like they they want to collaborate and they you know, want to be involved. I appreciate that because I've always been that person. I still am in many ways, but then there's sometimes moments when you've been around for a long time, you get in this mode of like, oh, you know, my pe or if you're working with people that represent you, like they right. should be doing their work. Ah, da, 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 da. And you use, use that as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like uh, when, you know, some you need to go after the things that you want. Yep. Like it's ultimately up to your hustle and it, you could get, or I, and I'll say I've gotten in the mode where I'm like, oh, yeah. like it's always on me. Like why? And definitely that victim mode. Right. And then, yeah, then I get back into modes, modes where I'm finding myself and I'm gaining my confidence back. And then I'm like, no, I can reach out. Yeah. It's almost like you, you get the sense of like, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't need to lean on yeah. other people. You totally, can, I mean, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. But that with, with that comes also you being in a better place mentally. Right. Because you feel a bit of more of that positivity and that optimism. Yeah. Do you like surrounding you yourself like being, because um, now that you are in this whole like wellness and mental health space as well, you know, 
have you met so many more people in that world where you're like, wow, I had no idea that the mental health space was so large. And so, or is it kind of just I feel like another it, thing for you? Uh, no, it's not another thing. I'm not surprised at how big it is. I think it's, it's amazing just to find like-minded people. Yeah. It just makes me feel, yes, not it's alone. Comfy and cozy. And, yeah. it, and it makes me realize like I'm in the right place. Like right. I'm on, you're on the right path. path. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes I am around people where I'm like the woo-woo person or, oh, look at you saying this and that. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And then I'm like, okay, like I could go back in my mind, like, am I crazy? Like maybe I'm the yeah. wacky one and weird and right. out there. And then I'm like, no, because there's a lot of other people that align with me yeah. and I'm going to focus on that yeah. versus the people that don't get it. Yeah, no, it's so true. So that's how I feel about it. And I feel like I'm looking more so around me now. And this is like the first time I could really say this, where I look at like everyone around me and like every type of circle. I'm like, wow, I look up to everyone. Wow, it's like really everyone cool. either, um, yeah, I look up to them or they inspire me and it's not even about hierarchy, like where they are in their career, this, that, but they're like all really special people mm -hmm. and they're all doing really amazing things. And like, I feel like I, I look at, you know, even like Dr. Alfie, who's this amazing, you need a meter. She's incredible. Okay. This amazing uh, mental health professional. She has the Acoma project. It's a nonprofit that helps um, youth um, in different communities, specifically BIPOC youth around mental health and access. And, like someone like her who just did this special with Lady Gaga, I'm like, and we just met a few years ago at this panel. I'm like, now she's doing all this stuff and on every show, the Breakfast wow. Club talking about mental health. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is someone that like I get to call one, uh, some a colleague in a way, like she's on my shows, yeah. I interview her, but also like a bit of a friend. Like, yeah. And that's so cool Which to say, so special. like you're around these people yeah. where you're like, whoa, that are changing the world, that are yeah. doing really cool stuff. And I, I, yeah, I just think that's really awesome. It's a fun way to, no, it's a <laughs> like, fun way to kind of pinch yourself and be like, I feel the same way. And I think that also, you know, because you've been in the space so long, you've seen so many other people's like, you know, journeys of how they've evolved and all the things that, you know, I, I say this all the time. There's a lot of people that I interviewed and and or that I've worked in yeah. the business with that, you know, I always saw a potential and I always saw like, oh, there's something so special there. Uh -huh. And then you see them three yeah. years later and you're like, holy shit, I knew you were going to do it. But like you really did. It, it is really cool. And that, that I love the idea of really um, not just waiting to celebrate yourself, but like celebrating where you're at by celebrating the people around you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like, well, what? And, and I've been in that mode and typically it was associated with um, times my mental health was not at its best. Yes, yes. Where I'm just like, what about me? Like, why yeah. is this, what's, why yeah. isn't my life as exciting? Yeah. Or like, where are my wins? And I get it. Like, yeah. because we all have those moments, trust me. Or there might be moments of, from the people around us that then force us to reflect on yep. our life. Right, right. Um, but then that could also put you in a downward spiral oh, where you're God. just like having a pity party for yep. yourself. And we can't have that. Yes, and I've been there. And it's amazing when you get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the other side of it and you're like, okay, I have my footing. I see how special I am. I'm a worthy human. And then, oh my God, look around me. Right, right, right. And right. you're like, you're, yeah. you're, you're shining your light. They're shining their light. You're like in this light and you're just like feeling... You're like good and you're like everyone is where they're supposed to be and like I'm proud of where I'm at and like I'm proud of where the stars else are at. aligned. Yeah, and then it just like feels good. You can enjoy. I have to ask you what? um my final question because I, this has just been such I can't even tell you what it feels like we've known each been. other for a long time. I know it's very bizarre and it's I like, feel like, like people are going to yeah, like, listen to this and be like 
How the fuck? Like, they, like uh, we have to do like part two, part three, part four, part five, like part six. Like we have to just like maybe keep on like, going I feel on like in another life we are like witchy sisters. Listen, <laughs> definitely in another life, this there there has been something that happened because we know too much and and also it's just like the way we talk. It's like it's very pacing. It's a but it's a good pace. Yeah, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. But Chira, what wow. is your emotional support? Friends, yeah, family, my my lover, my partner, Chris. Yeah, oh, he's so grounding. I'm very Aww. fortunate. Yes, it's like the first secure relationship that I've had. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. and therapy. Yeah, yeah, my therapist has been great. Lauren House, shout out to her. <laughs> shout out to my therapist. She actually has like a following on Instagram. Oh my god, like, stop it! Like, I know. You're like, what do you mean? Why? What is like, going great on? Reels. <laughs> oh my god, that it's is like so, so funny. No, she's amazing. Smart. She's a goddess. Uh, but yeah, and and then it, then. I would say all of that, I take that in and then it comes back to me, like really yeah. building trust in myself. And that's been the ultimate journey of learning how to support myself. And really, and I had this realization last night, I did this breath work, it's, we're in a full Ooh, moon eclipse. Yeah. And I had a moment where I told my baby Shira, my younger self, you don't need to take care of me anymore. Oh my God, stop, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and I said, you can trust me. I'll take care of you. You don't need to take care of me anymore. What I a beautiful thing to say. And building trust with like, yeah, I always say like that building that trust between adult Shira and baby Shira. Yeah. You, I've got your back. Yeah. Like you might not be used to adults having taken care of you maybe or be, being there in that way. My mom might be listening. She'd be like, what? <laughs> She's like, I took care of you. Yeah. Honey, My, I took care of you. You know, you can still have trauma even with a good, you yeah, know, yeah. Un, a decent family <laughs> unit. Mom, love you. Um, no, we actually did breath work together last night. It was oh, that's amazing. So fabulous. But, but yeah, and, I, and that really came up that it was like, I've I've got this. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like you can take care of yourself. And that will get back even like we were talking about financial abundance and all that. And there's always been this feeling for me, and I'm just coming out of it. I mean, this is very new and fresh for me. It's like it's just healing. Yeah. Right. Is like this idea like you you can handle it. Right. Like, because I always would rely on, I mean, specifically, you know, men yeah. perhaps or just people like, I, and even for advice, like I just needed everyone to give me their advice for yep. like before making a decision yep. Yep. or even the feeling of like, will I ever be able to support myself? Even though yeah. I've made money in the past, it was just the idea of like, it could all fall Scary. apart, which it has. Yeah. But then that also continued to build the story that I can't lean on me and trust right. me. And my healing had to be through all of this, throwing me through the extremes that, yeah, I can trust me because I've been through it. I've gone out of it and I'm here still. And it is like thriving. Yeah. And it's, it's all going to be okay. You're it's a thriving all, goddess. And, and also what came up is like, yeah, like I don't need to be afraid. I literally yeah. was like, I don't know if you've ever done breath work, like, yeah. like um, tight yeah. and all that. And yeah. I was like, I don't need to be afraid anymore. Oh my God. I was like, I don't need to be afraid. I am not afraid. It was like, yeah, it was intense. But that's basically, and then, yeah, so the long. And then here answer. you are. <laughs> and then I jumped right into this podcast. But yeah, I think it, it, you have all that around you and then. In the end, those moments that you're alone, it comes back to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Of like you saying, you've got this, right? And then of course, leaning on everything else. And but you knowing do you're got a this. sovereign, beautiful, whole person. I love that. That's what I want to leave everyone with is, is remember you are a whole beautiful person mm -hmm. and in everything and more. How can everyone find you? At Shira Lazar. I love everywhere. it. Everywhere. 
everywhere. And that's where you can find what's trending and my radio show and all that. And Peace Inside Live, my mindfulness community. And your new show on, on Fireside. The Fireside, Fireside, the Inner Hustle. I do. So like really my socials is the entryway to it all. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be yeah. how everyone's going to find everything. Oh my gosh. Well, I just love it. I adore you. You I are adore just you. so I'm, fantastic. I'm amazed. I'm so happy. Like I could actually function and t- and speak. I know because you've had such a day. It's been a long day, but you made it. See, you created the space for that. Well, you know what? I, maybe the, the guy is going to come in and start playing the and violin. <laughs> and then she, she was like, what the no, fuck is no, going on? I'm, I'm done with this podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm Take it in. In the white room. We're in the white. In the, the white. House? The white light room. Yes. Oh Thank you. Thank you.